0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 116. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there and welcome back. On today's show, we are discussing how exactly to find non toxic and sustainably packaged beauty products. Now, humor me for a minute. Think about the last time you went shopping for lotion or shampoo or mascara or some other beauty product. What is it that attracted you to the product? Was it the packaging? Was it the product description? Was it the scent? Maybe you had even seen or heard of this product in a magazine or from a friend. What was it about the product that excited you enough to purchase it? The truth is that most of us buy a product based on its packaging. Maybe it has a pretty logo and a whimsical font. Or maybe the product description makes some really bold claims like 25% longer lashes or decreased wrinkles in two weeks. And let's be honest, who does not want ageless skin or longer lashes or smooth, silky hair or whatever the claim may be? It often happens that we are distracted by the claims and so we neglect to actually read the labels. The truth of the matter is that underneath all those impressive claims and behind that smiling, gorgeous model on the packaging, there are some really frightening chemicals in some greatly over packages. The average woman uses 12 different beauty products each and every single day, and those 12 different products add up to over 100 different chemicals that we put on our bodies every day. The real secret behind the beauty and personal care industries is that they are virtually unregulated, right? So they are allowed to use untested chemicals in their products. Now, I have said this on the show before, but it bears repeating. The United States and its laws for cosmetic safety has gone unchanged since they were created back in 1938. In Canada and Europe, they banned 1,300 unsafe ingredients in beauty products. But in the United States, the FDA has banned only 11 products. So I feel like I need to say that again because those numbers are just so staggering. Canada and Europe have banned 1,300 ingredients and chemicals in beauty products, but the United States has banned just 11. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? You're thinking, well, it can't be that bad. I'm still standing. A single exposure it can't be all that terrible. And you're probably right. A single exposure to a toxic chemical probably won't hurt you. The problem is that we are putting these chemicals on our skin, and they're going into our bodies every single day, and over time, these exposures add up. The concept of body burden looks at the sum total of all the toxic chemicals that accumulate in our bodies over time, and of course, the older you are, the bigger the body burden, right? Another part to the body burden conundrum is that some chemicals, when they're combined with other chemicals, create an even worse toxin when combined. And now maybe some of you mothers listening are thinking, oh my goodness, well, what about my children? And while children are young by definition, and so the concept of body burden wouldn't apply to children, there is research to suggest that because children's systems are undeveloped they are even more susceptible to the toxins in their shampoo or their toothpaste or their lotion or whatever the product is, you name it. On today's show, we are doing three distinct things. The first thing we're doing is we are uncovering the misleading claims found on most beauty products. The second thing we're doing is I am offering up four ways to get smarter With your beauty regimen. And finally, the third thing we are doing today is I am giving you actual products. I'm giving you names of products that are the best of the best. I have picked products that are non-toxic, but I also did my darndest to find products that are sustainably packaged. So today's show is separated into three acts. If it goes too quick, if you miss something, please know everything we're talking about today can be found in this week's show notes at com forward slash 116. All right, so act one, why on earth is it so hard to find clean beauty products? Am I right? Why are these non-toxic and sustainably packaged products such a mystery? Well, whereas there is a lot of greenwashing going on, that tricks consumers into thinking products are more eco-friendly than they really are, there is also an awful lot of misleading claims on beauty products that lead consumers to believe those products are cleaner than they really are. So it's like greenwashing, but for non-toxicity. And by the way, if you missed my episode on greenwashing, you should totally go back and check that out. It was episode 106. A lot of the conscious consumer tricks that I outline in episode 106 can also apply to beauty products, so take a listen. Now, I want to just talk about the word clean beauty for a minute. Clean beauty, it's everywhere. It's such a buzzword. It's a hip phrase these days. Everybody's talking about and everybody wants clean beauty, but retailers know that consumers want cosmetics and beauty products that are not just completely filled with harmful ingredients. Sephora, for example, just launched their Clean at Sephora initiative, which branded all the products that they sell as clean. They branded over 2,000 of their products as clean, meaning they're free of sulfates and parabens and formaldehydes. We'll talk about all those chemicals later, but... My point is that beauty brands use the term clean to signal products that do not contain certain ingredients, but without regulation, anything can be called clean, right? There's no repercussions for calling something clean when it's not clean. So clean, the term clean or clean beauty, therefore becomes just another descriptor that's smacked on packaging to catch consumers' attention. Now, this is the perfect segue into the four ways that we can all get smart about our beauty regimens. The first tip here, of course, right, it seems so simple, it's often overlooked, but it is to use fewer products. Many of us use a host of beauty products and cosmetics, because we think we're supposed to or because we see everybody else using these things and not because we actually need them. Now, of course, I'm not talking about conditions where a physician (laughs) tells you you need X, Y, or Z items. That's not what I'm discussing here. What I'm discussing is those over-the-counter things that commercials and advertisements tell us we need in order to be beautiful or ageless or smooth, or whatever the descriptor is that we're trying to become. I suggest we all take a look in our bathrooms at all those products and ask yourself, can you stop using just one of them? Maybe the shaving cream, for example, is one that you do not necessarily need. Shaving cream is made with polyethylene glycol and polyethylene glycol is linked to cancer. So maybe when you know that, that that shaving cream isn't a necessity anymore. Or maybe it's the perfume, right? Perfume is essentially just a liquid brew of phthalates. And phthalates are severe endocrine disruptors. So maybe you can't go without perfume every day, but maybe instead you could use perfume only on those special occasions. Either use fewer products altogether or use the products that you love less often. That will significantly reduce your exposure to these toxic chemicals. I will say that in my own life, I have been absolutely amazed at all those products I thought I needed that I actually don't need at all, right? So the first example that comes to mind in my own life is shampoo. I used to wash my hair every day, maybe twice a day, and I do not wash my hair all that often anymore which may sound kind of gross, but my hair is way healthier and way shinier and less greasy, and it's just the most amazing hair. It's better than it has ever been. The second product that comes to mind in my own life that I used to always use is nail polish. I was, especially before, because I was like diligent about painting my nails because I thought that's what put-together, well-dressed, professional women, dude. But it wasn't until I stopped painting my nails and I forced myself to really love that unpainted look that the quality and the health of my nails exponentially improved. So I suggest we all just take a critical look at all those things we use and buy without ever applying intentionality to those purchases and reassess. All right, step two for getting smart about your beauty regimen is to become a beauty sleuth. Now, this is where things can get technical and can get time-consuming because being a beauty sleuth means you're checking ingredients, you are knowing the worst offending chemicals, and you are actively avoiding them. So let's get into those worst offending chemicals chemicals first and foremost i'm not going to name them all i will list them all in the show notes but here's just a few parabens okay parabens sodium laurel, fragrance formaldehyde pegs oxybenzone and coal tar dyes okay so those are just some of the really worst offending chemicals as a beauty sleuth you know them and you avoid them like the plague now, a side note here is that companies know <laughs> that you know that parabens or phthalates are bad, right? So they are marketing to conscious consumers by adding in those words. So they're saying paraben-free, or they're saying free of formaldehyde, BHA, and PEGs. They're saying that because they're trying to apply to the customers who know a little bit, Right? But don't be fooled by these gimmicks, because just because something is paraben-free does not then also mean that it is free of all those other nasty chemicals I just listed. (laughs) And while paraben-free products are, I guess I suppose, better than products with parabens, this product, this fictional product, can hardly be assumed then to be non-toxic. So don't fall for that marketing gimmick either. It can be really hard to practice conscious consumerism when it comes to beauty products. And that's because we're busy, right? We're time crunched. We just continuously buy the same things we've always bought. Who has time to sit down and do the research. And the good news is really that it's 2020 and we all have the internet at our fingertips via our phones. And so when we're in a store, we do not need to be chemists to understand these chemicals because there are apps that understand them for us. So, my absolute favorite, beyond a doubt, app for understanding beauty products is the Environmental Working Group's Skin Deep Database. The database collects the latest science on ingredients and then offers recommendations for the best of the best, the safety certified products across categories. The really helpful part of this app when I'm out and about is that it has a barcode scanner. So when I'm in a store and I see something that looks promising, but I'm not quite sure is this greenwashing, who knows, I just scan the barcode, the product comes up, and I can then make a smart beauty purchase without really having to do much work. I just need a phone, I need to hit scan, and it's all done for me. A second app that I don't use so much but comes highly recommended is Think Dirty. It does similar things as the Environmental Working Group's Skin Deep Database. So again, step two in becoming smarter about your beauty regimen is to be a beauty sleuth. But the good news is that there are so many apps that really facilitate that for all of us. Moving right along to step three is to consider sustainable packaging. Now, when you think about sustainable packaging, you need to, first and foremost, do your darndest to stay away from plastic for all the reasons we have talked about on this show over and over and over again. Best case scenario, you find something with no packaging at all. The first example that comes to mind for no packaging at all would, of course, be buying a bar of soap over liquid soap. For example, we're in the middle of the coronavirus and everybody's going crazy with soap. Go ahead and buy that bar of soap and feel good about that package-free product. It does exactly the same as the liquid soap without the plastic bottle. If the product does have packaging, you will want to look for compostable packaging over recyclable packaging. Compostable is better than recyclable. And then whenever possible, seek out those products with fewer components and fewer just completely unnecessary elements. So my favorite, or I guess I should say my not-so-favorite example is that plastic container that's put in a box, and then the box is then wrapped in a plastic film, right? There is way too much packaging going on there. It's just unnecessary. Whenever possible, don't support that product with your dollars. When it comes to considering sustainable packaging, it's also prudent to think about products that can serve a dual function. So coconut oil is a great example here. Coconut oil is a wonderful, non-toxic, simple, and I dare even say clean, moisturizer. Coconut oil is also the best eye makeup remover I have ever used. So if you're buying one product that performs dual function, you're preventing yourself from investing in a second item that's packaged. Now, again, sustainable packaging also means considering local products. The products that I am going to recommend are available for purchase worldwide. And I did that on purpose as a means of helping all my listeners. I have a worldwide listener base. But please know that local products made in your own community are considerably more eco-friendly than anything that I can reasonably recommend on this show to my worldwide audience. So please keep that in mind. And finally, Sustainable packaging considerations means that you are considering those DIY alternatives. So DIY beauty, do-it-yourself beauty, is non-toxic by nature. And because you are making the items yourself, you can be absolutely 100% certain that they are indeed clean. DIYing your beauty regimen also enables you to reuse the packaging items, so the jars, the old deodorant sticks, the old chapstick sticks, and reusing packaging over and over again is, of course, the most sustainable option. So way back, over 100 episodes ago, episode 10 of this podcast is all about how to make six DIY home products and I even give you a shopping list to make those DIY products as easy as possible and if you are like me and you are staying home for an undetermined amount of time, you have plenty of time on your hands, maybe now is the time to make these DIY beauty products for your health and for the planet's health. All right, finally, step number four for getting smart about your beauty regimen is to support companies that are doing it right. This is where I list some products. (laughs) I chose products not because they're paying me to choose them. I really want everybody to know that. I'm not getting a cent for highlighting these products. I'm choosing products that, number one, were verified by the Environmental Working Group. So that means they are the absolute best in terms of non-toxicity. I also chose products that were not exorbitantly expensive because I am aware of financial issues, especially during this difficult time that we're all living in. So they're not exorbitant. And finally, I chose products that have responsible packaging where appropriate. So some products are responsibly packaged. Others are not. I did my absolute darndest best and use your judgment. Now, a side note here is that as a general rule on this podcast, I do not offer product recommendations, and I do that intentionally. I intentionally shy away from giving product recs, mainly because I believe that buying less is the best thing we can all do for planet Earth. And... When I shout a product or a company from the rooftops on this podcast, this podcast rooftop, it's almost like I'm inviting you all to buy it. I am digressing on this policy today because I really want to help you all make beauty-related changes. And I know that that can be so hard for many of us simply because of the time commitment and the stress associated with changing the products we already use. Nobody has the time to do the research and read the labels, and I get it. So I've done it all for you. (laughs) The second reason why I am naming names today, and I don't do it often, but I'm doing it today, is because I do think it's important to highlight the best of the best, right? By highlighting the best, I feel as though I am encouraging other companies to do better. And if you're supporting the best of the best with your dollars, You are again casting a vote for the type of products you want to see on your shelves. So, I'm not going to go through every product because I don't think that makes for good podcast listening. But please know that in this week's show notes, I have a suggestion for sunscreen and deodorant and mouthwash. I have a detangler, a face cleanser. I recommend Dr. Bright for a lot of tooth related issues. I recommend Attitude for a lot of baby products and even some adult lotion. That would be Attitude. And by the way, if you do have kids listening, I have listed kids products as well in the show notes. And when it comes to cosmetics, especially makeup, I have listed a lot of mineral fusion products. If you have a Whole Foods near you, chances are good mineral fusion is sold there. When it comes to cosmetics, I want you all to know that Mineral Fusion is rated extremely highly by the EWG, as is Beauty Counter. I know Beauty Counter is like hip and cool right now. Everybody's loving Beauty Counter. And yes, Beauty Counter is also rated really highly by the EWG. I personally am not recommending them simply because First of all, mineral fusion is just as good. And second of all, mineral fusion does not have that multi-level marketing strategy, which coerces consumers into buying more than they need. So I list a lot of mineral fusion in this week's show notes. If you're looking for moisturizers and anti-aging products, I also have my shell eye cream. I have mineral fusion anti-aging cream. So I've really worked my tail off to list out for you the best of the best with a clickable link that you can then buy the product in hopes that I have just taken all the work out of it for you so that all you have to do is change those well-ingrained habits. All these products and everything we talked about today you can find in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash one one six. That's M-A-M-A-minimalist.com forward slash 116. Now, if you're listening and if you read the show notes and you're thinking to yourself, oh, but you didn't suggest this one or why didn't you pick this one, please reach out to me. I'm always on the hunt for new products and new companies doing it right. So reach out. Tell me your favorites. If I don't know of it already, I will be introduced. And if I intentionally left them out, I'll tell you why. Now, this week's eco tip is from Emily. Emily recommends checking out Allbirds for all your shoe-related needs. (laughs) Allbirds uses a natural fiber, which of course is wool as its main material, and then they use recycled bottles to make their shoelaces. And then their packaging is made out of 90%, which is pretty darn good, 90% recycled cardboard. Emily's favorite part about Allbirds is that the company is attempting to make a biodegradable sole. So good things going on with Allbirds. If you are in the market for some new sneakers or some new flats, go check them out. Thank you, Emily. On next week's show, we are doing what I like to call the coronavirus smorgasbord episode, (laughs) Uh, where we're doing a lot of things. The first thing we're doing is we are discussing all the recent research that finds that social distancing is reversing climate change. Amazing, right? Second thing we're doing on next week's episode is we are discussing that toilet paper hoarding going on, and I am discussing all things eco-friendly toilet paper to satisfy a listener's request. And then finally, on next week's episode, I am also doing a mini-interview with a mindfulness expert to discuss how we can all manage the crazy stresses associated with living in a time of unexpected crisis. So I do hope you join me. I do hope you stay safe and healthy. Take care. I will see you next week.